Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host. Doc G, with me, as always, the co-host that has tasered himself and wore a bikini, huh? but not at the same time. Nope. Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? That is accurate, Doc. What is mm-hmm. happening on this Wednesday, sir? Oh, nothing much, man. Work. Nothing much. I thought uh, slightly less work-oriented for your intro this week, you know? Yeah, more of just telling the people who I am Just things that I ju- do. Just things uh, in my spare time. It, exactly. Yeah, little side interest, mm. you know? Fashion choices. Work. Sometimes bad decisions while having a beverage yeah. or two, you know? Yeah, what I'm doing, what I'm not saving lives. That's you know? ex- exactly, exactly. Lifesaver, yes! David Berlin. You know, I could say that, and then it'd just be a serious tone for the whole show. But if I was if I was saving lives in a bikini, that'd be weird. That would be very weird. I, if I were one of your patients, I'd probably get up and leave. If I saw, if only they knew what I was wearing under my scrubs. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> your boss is gonna listen and be like, "Hey, we gotta fire that guy oh! doing perverted things." <laughs> he wears bikinis and sometimes no underwear. Dis- dis- disgusting. Wait, Anyways, moving on, Dave, we've been in this pandemic for what? A solid four months. Mm, man, right. four months, basically, yeah. Four, four months. Crazy. And you know, I'm, I'm probably like yourself. Uh, I've gotten used to a lot of things. Like, a lot of, a lot of things of the pandemic, I've just, I mean, mm-hmm. they haven't been that hard for me to get like uh, the social distancing. Yeah. I've got used yep. to it. I'm just used to doing it. Mm-hmm. Mask wearing, eh, I'm used to it. Every time I go into a, a, a building, whoop, mask on. There we go. Future. Right. Boom. Word. Uh, washing of the hands constantly, I'm used to it now. It's regimen. Mm-hmm. Sure, my like I told you, my skin's really getting haggard, but it's all right. I'm used to it, you know? Ew. Yeah. But, but I got to tell you, there's one thing that I can't get used to that needs to stop. Um, What's that? And we need to talk about it. We need to talk about it right now. And that's... Girl, come on! I'm really, really tired of companies putting out commercials acting like the reason they exist is to help us through this difficult pandemic. So true. Like, like I, which company? I can't take it. It's annoying, Dave. They put out these... And I hear them everywhere, by the way. Like, I hear them mm-hmm. Spotify, XM Radio, turn on the TV, they're there. Turn on Netflix, they're there. I turn mm-hmm. on my email, they're on the effing banner of my email. I'm like, good lord, can't escape it. Uh, uh, companies, you ask what companies. It's like uh, mm-hmm. AT&T. AT&T, mm-hmm. we want you to know that we want you to stay connected with our loved ones during this troubled time. Uh, so we're yeah, yeah, working yeah. extra hard to make sure we can, you can always reach whoever you want when you need. Really? Wham. Really, They're AT&T? The yeah, they ain't changed that much. Yeah. That's the only reason you want us to, to help us during this troubled time? 
it's not the $150 you get from each person a month hmm. that keep you working? Because I got a feeling there's a dude out there without any money that you don't give a who he's keeping in touch with right now. You have no worries who he contacts. True. Amazon telling me about how their factory managers are worried about the trucks getting out there and delivering packages on time because people expect them and need them during this troubling time. Word. Really? Except their factories have had cases. <laughs> really, Amazon? That's what you're worried about during this troubled time? You're not worried about the $350 billion in revenue you made last year? That's not it? Because I don't see too many packages you delivering to homeless people. It's weird. Nope. Saw those. Those were overlooked. It's weird. It's only like paying customers are invited. Charmin. Charmin telling me how they're, they're tr troubled about the pandemic and they know the last thing on people's minds or that needs oh, to be on people's mind is, is toilet paper. Toilet paper. But they're yeah. working around the clock to make sure there's enough toilet paper for all our Come on. Cut the sh Pun intended, Dave. Pun intended. There's, there's no more d during we, this pandemic than we, there were in the year prior in the same amount of time. Exactly. The same amount of d been happening. Exactly, man. I just, like, I mean, come out, like, you don't need to do Just come out and be like, hey, we're going to have our products and services like normal during this pandemic, and if we can profit more than usual from it, we definitely will, because that's the idea of a business in a capitalist economy, to maximize our profit, and we don't give a crap about you people. Nope. Like, I, I'd be honest, I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, yeah, that's what companies do. Like, you'd, like who's actually there? Like, oh my god, I have Verizon, but AT&T cares who, who they're getting other people in touch with. Maybe I should get AT&T, because... There's such caring people there. Like, who is right. that? What marketing? <laughs> who, who is that person? Like, it's just so dumb. Plus, I get like stupid emails from companies that let me know they're what they're doing to change and adapt to the pandemic, and they include like helpful hints on how to stay safe during the pandemic. Mm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. really? Am I gonna take public health advice from Tijuana Flats? Nope. Like, is that who I'm like, oh, you know what? Yeah, I need to write this down. After I ordered my burrito, they gave me some helpful tips on how to stay healthy. Or Jimmy Jazz. Right. Oh, you know what? After I ordered my Jordans, they told me this is what I need to do. Sounds good. Like, come on. Come on, people. Dave, I'm going to let you and I'm going to let the listeners know our show can't really do anything about COVID-19. Nope. Nothing at all. Not a Thing. No, it actually kind of forces you to listen to us more. In fact, our show isn't really good for anything, Dave, except for wasting time. So true. So that's true. If you're wasting time during this pandemic, good news, we got something for you. Yes. It's called this show, Dave. This show. That's a fact. So, straight. Are you ready to fire up this show, Dave? I am so ready. Let's fire it up, man. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Woo! My goodness, I hadn't had an angry monologue in a while, but those those have yeah, been you, 
You had to get that off your chest. That felt like it was. They've it been was building deep in there. Yeah, they've been well, for like four months, literally. Like every time I listen to, like I said, anything they come on, I'm like, you mm-hmm. d- don't care. You do not care. Like, just say we're trying to sell a product. That's it. Like, it was nice. Like the first, like yeah, like the first two weeks. You're really when like McDonald's was giving me free breakfast and yeah, I got a uh, free oil change from one of the car dealerships. Look at that, nice, Um, nice. Well, yeah, but but you're also a healthcare worker. Like, you know? Yeah. Like... But they're doing something, at least. These other companies are doing their normal thing. Yeah. at and saying, not like, doing anything. We're going above and beyond. Yeah, no. They're like, hey, buy, buy our service. We don't care if you're a healthcare worker or not. Uh, but we it's do. cool, like, the, uh, the breweries and the distilleries that were able to make hand sanitizer. Yeah. Um, and switch their production. Yeah. Um, some of the clothing companies that were able to mass produce masks all i'm saying um, dave don't don't fake the funk you know so true yeah don't fake the funk come come real with it come real with it dave i am excited though about the show we have none other than john Nato. what a name right john Nato. it's cool name the tongue cool name it reminds me there's there's another artist named john otto uh, from uh, Limp Biscuit, yes! uh, he yes. was their their drummer, and when I heard it, I was like, ah, like, because I kept on, I was like, John Nano, who's, where have I, I heard? And then I was like, yeah. oh, very close, very close. Uh, uh, a Jacksonville group there, Limp Biscuit. Yes! Oh, there you go. Really? Uh, yeah. From well, Jacksonville. Well, I don't know if the whole band is. I know that Fred, uh, Fred Durst, lead singer. I know he. He he was from the area. I don't know if the whole the rest of the band I is. Know that. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. Yeah, you, something new every day. He used to cruise the the Jacksonville bar scene all the time. That's what I heard from from the mm. folks from the folks around the area. The older folks, not like yourself. So true. Too young yeah. to remember that bar scene. That was way back in the day. Um, <laughs> true. Anyways, I got sidetracked. John Notto from the awesome band Dirty Honey. I mean, these guys, real rock and roll. Real rock and roll. You hear all the time they get compared to Aerosmith. They get compared to Guns N' Roses. They get compared to the Black Crows, like three of the most American rock bands you can think of. That's right. We talked about it after I listened to a bit of them. Yeah. Like just they just have that that old sound to them. They but but original. Like that's the thing. It's not. It doesn't sound like they're trying to push old sound. No, it's just like that's what they do. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said before, the only band hasn't been signed to a major uh, label that has had a number one on the mainstream rock charts. Impressive. So we're going to be talking to John Notto. Very excited. Uh, But first, we start where we start. Birthday suit. Yes, sir. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Dave, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This week, um... Tough ones? They're pretty tough. They're, I mean, they're fairly famous, all, all of mm-hmm. them in their own right, but none of them are really your forte. Nope. They, they uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, the first one I gave you 55%. A little bit over Ooh. half. Like, I mean, he's super famous, but... Yeah. Mm. Our birthday suit wearer was born on July 8th, 1958 in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. 
He was the youngest okay. of six children. Jeez. I didn't know he had so many brothers and sisters. Uh, his mother was an elementary school teacher, and his father was an architect. From a young age, he loved to act and perform in theater. Hmm. At the age of 16, our birthday suit wearer won a scholarship to attend the Pennsylvania Governor's School for the Arts at Bucknell University. Mm -hmm. He studied under mm -hmm. Glory Van Scott, which solidified his love of acting. He ended up leaving home at the age of 17 to pursue a career in theater when he moved to New York City. In the early mm -hmm. 80s, he had some smaller roles, like in Friday the 13th and the soap opera Guiding Light, but he hit his mm -hmm. big break when he starred in the movie Footloose in 1984. Sweet. He went on to star mm. in movies like Tremors, JFK, A Few Good Men, The River Wild, Apollo 13, Mystic River. Our birthday suit wearer is also the center of a specialized version of a game called Six Degrees of Separation. Word. Name that birthday suit wearer. I have no idea on that one. <laughs> okay. I'll give you a really big clue. His last name is a breakfast food. Bacon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's his first name? You got the last name. Oh, that's going to bother me. <laughs> I know there's an actor whose name is Bacon. And yeah. Yes. Yes. I have no... Kevin. John Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Oh. Kevin Bacon. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, see, I was worried. I was. That's why I was worried, Dave. That's it. That's it. I knew, yeah. you know... Out of my age range. I was like 80s. That's not. You need to go back though. Footloose is a killer movie. You need to go back. I've and, seen. Well, I saw the new Footloose. Yeah. I haven't seen the old Footloose. Yeah. The, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Julianne Huff. Whew. She is hot. That's a fact. Whew. Mm. Fantastic looking. It's so true. And then that dude, I don't know his name, but he can dance. Word. He was serious about his <laughs> dancing. I don't know. He didn't. Did, did the. I'm not sure their name either. Did the dude actor? Yeah. I don't know if he went on to really do a lot after that movie. I don't know. Maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe he's been in a whole bunch of things, but I don't know. But, I can't even think of the dude you're talking about. I mean, I can. I get. I, I know what he looks like in my head, but I, I don't know his name. Nope. Can't, can't put a face or a name. Know. Yeah. But Kevin Bacon oh, was well. the original Footloose. That's right. Um. And essentially, I mean, you go back and you watch it, it's pretty much the exact same movie. Like, I mean, they, they, yeah, just, the, the only they difference just make is it a little bit newer and yeah, they, and they moved it to Georgia. So they were in Georgia in the middle of nowhere instead of like, I think it was supposed to be in Idaho, the original one. Hmm. Somewhere like hmm. out west, I do believe. Like, I, I want to say Idaho. Anyways, Kevin Bacon turning the big 6 2. 62 for Dang. Kevin Bacon. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, he was in a few Happy good birthday, buddy. Few good men too with Jack Nichols uh, uh Jack Nicholson and um See, I feel uh, like Tom that was Cruise. like a movie that I like saw like once and I just Yeah. Yeah, you definitely. In the back of the dome. Definitely. But nonetheless, happy birthday to Kevin Bacon. Turning big 6-2. There you go. There you go. And you have you never played 6 degrees of uh of Kevin Bacon? Where you try no, to relate I've never yourself heard of that? Oh yeah, it's it's supposed to be you know Is it you like can like a card game. Or? No, you can make your way to Kevin like anybody in the world 
can relate themselves to Kevin Bacon in six uh, different people by being like, oh, I know this person. They know this person. They know that person. They know that person. Who knows and they know Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's apparently supposed to be a well-connected dude, you know? I don't I don't know how it started with Kevin Bacon. Maybe I can follow up on that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Let's talk about that next week. We will. We will. Six Dave. degrees of Kevin Bacon. It's it's on the agenda. Dave, Word. are you ready there you go. to rip some headlines? Let's rip it, buddy. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, Dave, our first story is from Daily Mail. Uh, Dave, you remember mm-hmm. about a month ago, we asked the question, mm-hmm. who would be dumb enough to try to get a selfie with a bear? Mm-hmm. Remember right. That? Well, I do. We found at least one person. Wait, what? We found one person. Surprisingly, though, it wasn't the same place as the statement that I read a month ago. So the statement that I read a month ago was from New Jersey Wildlife Group. Uh, Mm -hmm. Apparently, New Jersey was paying attention because they haven't had any selfies uh, taken with bears. Or they were just eaten and never seen again, so nobody knew that they took the selfie with a bear. What? Either way... (laughs) This didn't happen in New Jersey. This case was in Bacal, Romania. Oh. Yeah, about a week ago. So the video clip shows a car pulling over to the side of the road because there is a bear just hanging out on the side of the road, right? And there's Mm -hmm. there's actually a pretty good number of cars that have pulled over like, oh, man, check out this bear, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. the bear's literally just, he's just hanging. Which, which a lot of, you know, grizzly bears, that's what they do. They just sort of, eh. Yeah, they're big and they just sit around. Yeah, yeah they just sit on, you know, they sit on their butt, literally. Just on their back hind legs and just like, nah. Right. Like, I remember I went to this, like, preserve in Colorado that had a grizzly bear. And that was the first mm-hmm. thing I saw. I got out of the car and I was like, I heard they're supposed to have a bear. And, like, this place was one of those, like, sort of, like, free range sort of deals. And oh, so, yeah, and you kind of like drive through. And yeah. he's literally just sitting right beside the fence, like <laughs> six feet taller than me, just sitting on his butt. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, there he is. That's the dude right there. It was quite <laughs> frightening. Um, so true. But I went to go see the tigers. I didn't go to see the bears at that place. So, not important. Anyways, right. it's still, the bear was cool. Word. In this uh, situation, though, uh, they're all looking at the bear, and then apparently the lady with one dude is like, hey, time for a selfie. Nope. So she starts inching over to the bear, Goodness. you know, real, like, real, real slow. Like, huh? Is it mm-hmm. cool with this? Is it cool with this? And, right. and as like, get soon and as closer. she gets to two feet from the bear, mm-hmm. the bear inch instantly lunges off of his back hindquarters towards her. And she's just like, ah, and sprints off, right? And you can, yeah. t- you can tell, though, the bear, like, really didn't want to eat her. Nope. He was he was just annoyed. <laughs> like, he was just like, yeah. God, stupid girl. Get him like, in space, yeah. He was just like, because, like, as soon as, she, as soon as she started sprinting off, he just went right back to sitting and half asleep, like, ugh. Uh, whatever, but like didn't even go for. Her. I really like how this article ends. It ends with mm-hmm. uh, it says bear attacks are not uncommon in Romania. Word. Yeah, 
It makes uh, sense. Uh, especially you got people <laughs> acting like that. I feel like Romania may need to release a couple of public service announcements that say, hey, bears are dangerous. Don't take selfies with them. Nope. Yeah, Just so you know. Stop doing this. <laughs> okay, Dave, our next story is from NewJersey.com. Now, like I oh. mentioned in the last story, New Jersey hasn't uh, had any bear attacks, but... Mm-hmm. Like the rest of the country, uh, they have had to deal with uh, COVID attacks. So true. Um, Right. They've gotten it bad. However, that didn't stop a nursing home in New Jersey from recently Mm. putting up a large poster outside of their establishment that said, quote, we beat COVID-19. Nope. Oh, God. And this was after... Uh, this this was after Dave, twenty six of their residents died from COVID nineteen. Wow, wow! Not only that, but the family members of some of those deceased residents lived right near by the sign. the retirement home, so they had to drive uh. past it for the last month after their family member died in that facility. I mean, Dude, a so a big nursing home has like 120 beds. Yeah. So basically, yeah, so like, a fifth. like one out of five died. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we won. Mm-hmm. So true. Like the only way, the only thing, if you win is if you compare to the other nursing. There's like the story that like 90 out of 100 people died in one nursing home and something like yeah. that. Like you didn't, you didn't win. Which win would be no deaths? Yeah, which it would, and which I mean, first of all, we didn't beat it. It's still going on. That's a fact, and it's not <laughs> even done. Exactly. It's like I mean, like it look even worse. They still had their sign up, and like an outbreak of like fifty new cases pop up in their facility, and they're like, oh, we beat it. Awkward. Except for those it just new takes cases. One, those. one, you know, janitor. It takes one nurse. It yeah. takes one therapist. One doctor. Like it's. Second, like you said, that doesn't really count as a victory. Nope. Like if you're if if a team if your team is playing basketball game and your starting five all get injuries and you have to forfeit the game, you can't be like and victory. We won, everybody. Woohoo! Yeah. No, you had to forfeit. None of your players are there anymore. Like that's not a win, guys. They 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 said they they apologized to the families and they were going to take it down. So you, there you go. You put like a heroes work here sign. You put like we're all in this together sign. Not a we not won a BB sign. No. No. <laughs> yeah. This next this next headline Dave is from uh, USA Today. Uh <laughs> quote Burger King quietly released $1 mini shakes to cool you off oh. during the summer. End quote. Say what? I wish I would have known that. <laughs> uh, I've the the thing that got me because I really stopped at this and I looked at it like five times. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what USA Today was expecting here. Like I really don't understand the quietly released part. Nope. Like what what did USA Today think? was like the they undersold the idea of mini milkshakes like holy guys this is the greatest idea you've had since the sandwich you gotta sell this thing (laughs) come on (laughs) like (laughs) what do they think that burger king was gonna come out with commercials like hey america 
Get ready for the most amazing thing ever. Yes. Forget about COVID-19. Yes. Forget about protesting and civil unrest. Yes. Forget about economic struggles because we've got a shot gla glass size of milkshake that's going to blow your mind. Get ready for it. <laughs> like, what? It's a milkshake, guys. Why did Dude, you... Dude, they need to have... My, my, did you ever have, um, you know how Wendy's had the little, you bought the, the milkshake keychain, the frosty keychain yeah. thing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and you paid like 10 bucks for it, and you got like a free frosty, whatever you wanted. Yeah. Did you ever mm -hmm. do that? I never did it, but I remember when they had it. I remember my neighbor did it, and we would just drive past a Wendy's, and he'd be like, oh, hold up, gotta get a milkshake <laughs> real quick, or a frosty. <laughs> That's what Burger King should have done. Now, oh, I, I, that's sort of like my friend, except instead he stole a bunch of free Whopper cards from our high school. Wait, what? And every yeah. time we would drive by <laughs> Burger King, he'd be like, hold on, I got my Whopper cards. Let's pull in. And then we'd get two Whoppers for free, and they'd be like, anything else? We'd be like, no, we're poor. We just want nope, the Whoppers. That's it. Bye. Yeah. Oh, man. Anyways, so in case you're wondering, listeners, milkshakes, mini shakes, get them. Now you know. You are informed by USA Doc G. Today wants you to know it is going to change your world. That's right. This next story is from uh, Yahoo News. Dave, I think we can all agree things tend to get a little crazy at bachelor parties. Am I right? That's true. That is true. Yeah. Generally, at a bachelor party, I think you need a designated thinker. That's a fact. You know? Someone that's... You need the, you need the one guy to oppose the rest of the group. Yeah, somebody <laughs> that's not having fun, that's not drinking, and that can determine whether what the party wants to do will get them arrested, insolvent, or seriously injured. You know? And they yes. need to be like, no, that's not going to work. Um... Apparently, this week in Austria, they did not have a designated thinker uh, because a 38-year-old uh, groom was dared by one of his bachelor party compadres to mm -hmm. touch his tongue to a baby snake. Wait, what? Oh, my God. That's right, Dave. You heard correctly. They're partying, I, I guess, outside. And one of the guys sees a small snake on the ground and says, bro, you haven't really partied at your bachelor party until you get down on that ground and you lick that snake. Sweet. Do it. And I thought, I thought we'd be talking about something stupid, but goodness gracious, man. So, yeah, I'm that a, is just so dumb. I mean, of course, though, it's a dare. So, of course, the guy had to. So true. And of course, Dave, of course. the snake was a poisonous viper. Oh! That's right. Of course. Of course. And, and it proceeds to bite him in the tongue. Ew. Uh, mm. Now, I took a gander, Dave, because me and you were reptile fans. Uh, yes. We've got three types of vipers in Austria that it could have been. Uh, it could have been the common viper, a horned viper, mm -hmm. or Orsini oh. viper. Those are your three choices there. Um, his tongue started to immediately swell up. They had to call mountain rescuers and a doctor who got to the scene and decided, we got to get this guy to the hospital. Um, they think the guy's going to survive. So, good. Good. Uh, now, I found it interesting on this one, too. At the end of this story, 
they had a comment from the Red Cross in that area that said they thought that the party goers may have confused a young snake with uh, what they thought was a worm. Word. Nah. No, 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 no. <laughs> which, which, I gotta say, like, it again, designated thinker would have really came in handy if even if that was the case, you know? Like, hey, Joe's gonna lick this worm. Um, no, he shouldn't Guys, lick that's that. that's not a worm. Yeah, he, sh <laughs> he shouldn't lick it because that's a poisonous snake and it'll kill Joe. So, no, no to that and uh, move on from that snake. But, I mean, like, like you said, I find that hard to believe. Like, if you looked at, like, you got to be pretty drunk not to notice that that worm has a huge head that looks like a snake head on it. Like, even when snakes are exactly. teeny, they've got a big old head they on it. They still look like a yeah. snake. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking. But, you know, anyways, hopefully he, he, uh, he recovers uh, fast. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't lose his tongue. Yes, exactly. Uh, Dave, this next story is from WRAL in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave, we talked about the Confederate flag on the show multiple times. Um, yep. We brought it up and how it seems to show up at the dumbest places like uh, coronavirus protest in Michigan. Uh, right. We've got another place. So, a uh, group of the Sons of Confederate Veterans in North Carolina oh, okay. uh, have been offended by how many Confederate monuments have been taken down Word. in the last couple of oh, weeks. They're, they're offended. Got it. Yes. Yes. Girl, come on. And they decided the best way to uh, right these wrongs in their opinion and uh, celebrate the 4th of July... Uh, was to raise a 20 by 30 foot Confederate flag on a 80 foot flagpole on private property beside Interstate I-40. Wait, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, just go ahead, listeners, and digest that. They thought the best way to celebrate America was to raise a flag that represents a group of rebels that tried to destroy America 150 years ago. That's a fact. Essentially, that's the same as me waving around any flag of an enemy of the U.S. Pick any one you want in the last 200 years. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Viet Cong, USSR, Nazis, British, whatever you want to do. Up. Yeah, exactly. Pick an enemy. That's what the Confederacy was, too. Yes! And then, of course, of course... Right? They had to say, the members are saying, the, the, the members of this Confederacy group said, they're not trying to put down anyone. They're trying mm -hmm. instead to share their Confederate heritage. Hmm. Mm. Okay, so first of all, just because the Confederacy is made up of people from America doesn't make it okay. Nope. That's like finding out that your relative died of a heroin overdose, but then you find out the heroin was made in the U.S., and you're like, oh, well, that's fine then. Wait, what? That was, was worthy, <laughs> worthy domestic heroin. That's okay. No, it's not fine. It's not fine. Second, the Confederacy lasted for four years. Mm -hmm. Four. That's it. There is no heritage for four years. As I have told you, Dave, I have pasta sauce 
in my refrigerator that's older than that's that. <laughs> okay? There's no reason Truth. to celebrate that. Second, for those four years, they only existed to put people down. That's the only reason they were around. The vice president, second in command, I have said this on this show before, said, quote, its foundations are laid, its cornerstone rests upon the great truth that the black man is not equal to the white man, that slavery subordination to the superior race is his natural and normal condition. By the way, in that quote, I substituted black man for a different word. If the Confederacy wasn't meant to put down anybody, somebody should really go back in time and tell the Confederacy. So true. Because they don't seem right. to know that. Take down your flag. It makes no sense. Anyways, moving on, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Dave, we've got a headline from uh, local news channel 10 in Tampa. It's definitely something you never want to hear. Uh, are you ready for the headline? It starts with Florida, man. No. No. Oh. I mean, it could, but no. Quote, human head found on the side of Florida Road. Jeez. End quote. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Uh, could you imagine being the person that sees that, like that, the first one? That will ruin your day. Uh, that'll ruin your life. It could. <laughs> I would not want to find a human head anywhere. Nope. No, thank you. No. No, thank you. So uh, apparently it was found on 38th Avenue in Tampa. So mm. um, I don't I don't know if they're planning on putting any more heads there, but if they are, avoid that area, Tampa residents, uh, if you don't want to see a human head. Uh, anyways, uh, Dave, we've got one more story before we're going to go to break here. Okay. Uh, I got some big news. This, uh, this story is from Reuters. Uh, Reuters. I'm pretty excited, Dave. There's a hot album on the streets. Hmm. You need to Ooh. get it. This is the hottest, this is the hottest she out there right now, man. It is full of bangers. Word. This stuff, Straight fire. this stuff slaps, son. That's what the kids it say. Slaps. I think that's what the kids say. Yes! The, the, the kids track, do say that. The first track, Inner World, Straight Fire. Next track, Ooh, Fuego. My, my, fi my favorite prayers, even more fire. Say what? Got you interested, right? Got you interested? Dude, I am. I'm on the edge of my seat. You want to know who's making these tracks? Say it. The Dalai Lama. <laughs> Yeah. The Dalai Lama yeah. made an album. He made an album, man. He's releasing it oh, as a go. celebration of his 85th birthday. That's right. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. One of his students from New Zealand, Janelle Coonan, said uh, she had an idea to record some of his meditation ideas and teachings, but didn't mm -hmm. know if he'd go for it. She thought she'd have to convince him. But when she asked him, he was just like, oh, yeah, that's what I'm about. Oh, yeah. Let's do this, <laughs> right? So they uh, they recorded the Dalai Lama's voice tracks in uh, Dharamsala, India. And then mm -hmm. once she got back home, she layered some music into these tracks. You know, some of them. Oh, Choice smart. music to add the intensity and whatnot. That's right. When reached for comment on why he decided to release the album, 
uh, the Dalai Lama himself said, the very purpose of my life is to serve as much as I can. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, guys. He's serving the public, all right. He's serving up hot, fiery bars. Straight hot, fire. Hot bars. Battle rap. Dalai Lama versus Kendrick Lamar. Go. Now. What? I want to see it. Winner. Yes. Winner take all. I don't know what that means. I don't know what they're taking, but winner take all. One of them. We'll do it. Anyways. All right. We are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest of honor. We're going to hear Dirty Honey with that number one single, When I'm Gone, right here on the Doc G Show. Oh, 
are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Ladies and gentlemen, do us a favor mm-hmm. and stop what you're doing. Yep. Go on your app downloads or podcast downloading app. Boom. There it is. There it is. Download our podcast. Yes. The Doc G Show. Mm-hmm. You can do it from any of them. Mm-hmm. Then go on all of our social medias. You can mm-hmm. find them on Instagram mm-hmm. at Doc G Show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go on our website, www.docgshow.com Boom. or thedocgshow.com, whichever. Boom. He has both. Mm-hmm. And see some all of our hot, fire, fuego content. Yes. Yes. And our schedule is still up to date. Still up to date. There we go. He's on top of this stuff during quarantine. That's right. We've got we got several great guests. I'm going to save it until the end of the show to tell you about some of them, but fantastic yeah, guests. Keep you on the edge of your seat for the next half hour or so. Fantastic. Hour. Fantastic. Dave, we need to celebrate our regular listeners. Are you ready for yes, some shout outs? I am ready, sir. Okay. Jacksonville, Florida. All of Jacksonville. We know all the places around the South Sides, the Avondale, the Riversides, the Neptune Beach, the Atlantic Beach, the Ponte Vedra Beach, the Orange Park, the everywheres. All of them. Shout out. Shout out. Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to the 803. Thank you for listening. Gainesville, Florida. The 352, thank you for listening. Radford, Virginia, the 540, the Highlanders, thank you for listening. Dublin, Ireland, our consistent internationals right there. Thank you for listening, guys. Keep spreading the word. Keep spreading the word in Ireland, and we will come to Ireland for sure. That is a promise. That is a promise that I am making right now. That probably means nothing to you, but I'm making it. So true. It's happening. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to Boardman. Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. Thank you for listening. Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you for listening. Barcelona, Spain, our our other international consistent listener. Thank you for listening. Ashburn, Virginia. Thank you for listening. Also in the Commonwealth, Roanoke, Virginia, Star City. Thank you for listening. Kenner, Louisiana, right in the heart of New Orleans. Thank you for listening. Madison, Tennessee. Thank you for listening. Mountain View, California. Shout out to the West Coast Connection. Thank you for listening. London, United Kingdom. Thank you for listening. Orlando, Florida. Shout out to them. Peoria, Illinois. Hosting a tournament right now. Shout out to you guys. Genoa, Italy. Back and on top like they usually are. Thank you for listening. And Brighton, United Kingdom. Shout out Shout to out. you. Those are the regulars, Dave. Give it up. Yeah. Man, that yeah. list, dude. Holy right? crap. Right? Consistent. Keep going and going. We appreciate all Love of them. It. Everyone. I get excited. When we when we get another consistent listener, it 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 makes my it makes my soul a little bit more complete. Word. Is what it does. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Semi regulars. Here we go, Dave. Fort Lauderdale. Going down that south side of Florida. All right. Bristol, Virginia. There we go. Shout out to Bristol. Right on the right on the line with Tennessee, Dave. It's literally the city is on the line. Half of it is in Virginia, half of it's in Tennessee. There you go. Did you know that? Yeah. 
I yeah. did not. Yeah. It's an interesting place to go. Also, as I've said before on the show, birthplace of country music. So true. Where some of the first That's country right. music albums were ever recorded. Anyways, Windsor, California. Shout out to Windsor. Uh, Los shout Angeles. Out. Shout out to Los Angeles. Shout Atlanta, out. Georgia. Shout out to Atlanta. Shout Hamburg, out. Germany. Thank you guys for listening once again. Shout Columbus, out. Georgia. Thank you for listening. Moscow, Russia. You guys keep hanging in there. We're going to put Moscow on the regulars. Shout we'll do out. it. We will do it. Do it. Hastings, New Zealand. Thank you for listening. Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening. Shout All right, out. Dave. It is time. Newcomers. Here we go. All right. Got two domestics today. Two uh, two American places here. Merca. Um, first one. F yeah. Perrysburg, Ohio. Shout out. Perrysburg. Yeah. It's southern suburb of Toledo, Dave. Old Toledo. I've uh, I've never been through that part of Ohio. I I haven't either. I pretty much only traveled through uh, southern Ohio. That's a fact. Toledo's right there at the very top of Ohio. I've never never been up near the Great Lakes area of of Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun Same. fact. Perrysburg, where Jim and mm-hmm. John Harbaugh are from. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, TripAdvisor tells me you got to get down on some Zingo's Mediterranean. Word. Let me go there. Oh. Yeah. Zingo's. Yeah, Zingo's. I down with some Mediterranean. Yeah, you a fan? Is it a little tzatziki sauce? A, a little tzatziki, a little hero, gyro, whatever you want to call it. I stuff my face with them. The the Greek food, man, they do their meats. So true. They're a big fan. They like their meats. Their their mixed meat, I freaking love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right, second shout-out, second newcomer. Here we go. Santa Ana, California. Shout yeah. Out. Oh, okay, Santa Ana. Okay. Now okay. I know I know we've had listeners. We probably had listeners from Santa Ana. Closer around. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, you know. We I mean we had listeners from Los you Angeles. You go five obviously. minutes into you're into another city in yeah. California. We got Irvine, you got Huntington Beach, we got Laguna Beach, all of those areas we've had listeners, but I can't really remember Santa Ana being specifically listed, so I was like, Yeah, you gotta give it a shout out, you know? Right. Uh, huge Hispanic population in Santa Ana. Eighty percent Hispanic. Wow. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All kinds of famous folks from Santa Ana, too. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, the actor. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Born in Santa Ana. Michelle Pfeiffer, also born in Santa Ana. Uh, Very nice. D- Diane Keaton, one of my favorite uh, actresses right there. Love Diane Keaton. Yes! She's got some killer movies. Good movie. Uh, Matt Leinhardt. Uh, former football player there, US, USC quarterback, NFL quarterback. Matt yep. Leinart. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. Yeah, I put an H Dang, in there for some this is a reason. Busy area. Line art. Line art. I added an H for some reason. Anyways, yes, very busy. Very busy. Very, uh, very happy that they're listening to the uh, Doc G show. Thank you, Santa Ana. That's right. Thank you, everyone, for the listens. We appreciate it. So true. We, we love your listens. Okay. We Dave, do. Are you ready? We've got two leftover headlines here. Let's go. Okay, so uh, uh, bad news. Uh, both of them are dealing with uh, um, n- not the best topics. But uh, first, oh, we've sad. got 
we've got a we got a headline. Uh, are you ready for the actual headline here? Yes, sir. Go for it. Philadelphia man and brother found dead after going missing at Murder Kill River. Wait, what? Murder Kill River is the actual name of it? Yes. I'm going to be oh honest. God, why would you why would you go? <laughs> That's definitely not a river you want to go missing near. That is not good. No. The name just doesn't sound like it's going to end well. And I got to say, Dave, I looked this up, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. I got to find out why Murder Kill River is named Murder Kill, right? Mm. And I feel like I feel like we do. Well, so uh it's in Delaware, right? And interestingly, Dave, Delaware has all kinds of bad names. Um, they also have Whore Kill River and Slaughter Beach. What? Oh. Yeah. Man. Yeah. They, those are like morbid names. <laughs> yeah. Well, Slaughter Beach turns out that like it wasn't that bad. Apparently, they think it's from uh, back in the day. Uh, it was a beach where horseshoe crabs would come up to lay their eggs and then they would sort mm-hmm. of get marooned on the beach and all kinds of birds and like foxes and other things would come and eat them. So, uh, you know, huh. it was a slaughter of horseshoe crabs. So like, okay. not, not nearly as bad as it could be. Now there's been a lot of talk about like where these names come from. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, first off, though, the part, the kill part, so murder kill and whore kill, um, mm-hmm. the kill part is the Dutch word for creek or river, which I got to mm-hmm. say, it's a little redundant, right? Murder river river? Come on. Right. Come on. Whore river river? What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> nope. Uh, now, like I said, though, they can't really... I saw a lot of different uh, uh, beliefs of where the actual names came from. Some of them were sinister. Mm-hmm. Some of them weren't at all. So mm. I don't know which one. But regardless, I got to say, it's got to hurt the tourism section of the economy. Yeah. Though, right? Like when, when we're going and looking at like places to visit, things to yeah. do... Yeah. You're not like, oh, murder kill river. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but no, nobody's going to see, like, I mean, uh, Delaware also has Bethany Beach. Like, what sounds better? Bethany Beach or being like, oh, yeah, Bethany Beach or Slaughter Beach. Like, oh. come on. Like, either they could change the name or at least they could have, like, an asterisk after on, like, the sign going to that place mm-hmm. like you know slaughter beach asterisks we're not actively trying to kill you <laughs> you know like that might work or like whore kill river no prostitutes killed here in the past 50 no years you know <laughs> for the record dave i don't know the last time that a prostitute was killed there maybe never who knows i don't know i maybe don't know you're, maybe you're wrong maybe it's been less time than <laughs> maybe, <that>. maybe. <laughs> see i don't know they're the ones that have to write the asterisks that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying <laughs> anyways okay our uh next story dave uh this one is from the denverchannel.com. Okay. Dave, as you know, over the years, we've been able to give listeners a long list of reasons they shouldn't shoot somebody. Uh, we have indeed. This week, I'm happy to report we do not have to do a PSA on why 
not to shoot someone. Sweet. Uh, however, okay. we do need to do one on why not to stab someone. Jeez. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So apparently a man was stabbed in Denver over the weekend. Mm-hmm. A man mm-hmm. was in the 6th Street, uh, 16th Street Mall in Denver around 9.30 a.m. Uh, he had plugged his phone into a public outlet in the mall. Okay. Charging yeah, his little, phone. Yeah, they like, kiosk things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, a man approached him and told him that he needed to use the outlet. Word. And, of course, the guy that was already using the outlet was like, no. I'm using this outlet. (laughs) And that turned into a fight in which the person uh, pulled out a knife and stabbed the man repeatedly before fleeing the scene on foot. Golly. Is the guy okay? Uh, Well, he's in serious condition, but he should be okay. Uh, Prayers up to that guy. uh, He's just charging his damn phone. I I feel like this is pretty obvious, but... There isn't really anything that that man could have needed to plug in that was worth stabbing somebody. Nope. Go ahead and point that out. It's pretty obvious. Right. Along with that, I gotta say, uh, if this dude walked into the situation fully intending on stabbing the guy if he wasn't able to use the outlet, he should have led with that information. So true. Like, if I was using an outlet and a guy came up to me and said, I demand to use this outlet and I'm willing to stab you and go to jail to use it, I'd easily say, you know, here you go. You know what? (laughs) Let me just take my phone out. There you go. Enjoy the outlet. Like, I'm just saying... You know, give the guy an option, maybe. I don't know. Give him a little perspective. Yeah. Just uh, just let him know how crazy you are, you know? just Allow him to make the most educated decision. Listen, I'm ready to escalate it up to 10. Are you ready to go to that level for this outlet? No? <laughs> All right. There we go, you know? Just just see how much how much uh, chips you got in, in the hand. Anyways. Okay. Dave, it's time. Second birthday suit. Yes! Let's bring it. Now, once again, I'm not confident on this. I think you you may know the last name. Don't think you'll get the first name, but we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. You have pulled pulled out a couple of historical figures in the past that I was impressed with. Like, Uh, I remember the the Manhattan Project. I remember... Uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. I was impressed. Uh, Now, uh, this one... Uh, a little bit before that, we're in the uh, okay. the turn of the century here, 1800s into the 1900s. Anyways, our birthday suit okay. wearer was born on July 8th, 1839 in Richford, New York. He was one of six children. Again, six children. Crazy. Jeez. His dad had several jobs. Uh, he was known around town, though, as Big Bill, uh, Bill or Devil Bill. Because of his shady business schemes. Mm-hmm. As a result, uh, their whole family was fairly poor throughout our birthday suit wearer's childhood. Our birthday mm-hmm. suit wearer got his first job at the age of 16 as a bookkeeper for a company called mm-hmm. Hewitt and Tuttle. In 1866, okay. he got into the oil refining business. 
By 1870, mm. he bought his partners out of the company and changed the name to Standard Oil. By the mm. end of the 1870s, Standard Oil refined over 90% of the nation's oil, and our birthday suit wearer was a millionaire in that, mm. in that time's money. He was way more than a millionaire yeah. by this standard. Billionaire, of money. yeah. By the end of the 1800s, Standard Oil was one of the biggest companies in the world, and really the mm -hmm. only oil refining company in the country. Standard Oil mm -hmm. also started buying into other businesses like transportation and iron ore and steel. Eventually, in 1911, mm -hmm. the Supreme Court determined that Standard Oil was breaking the Sherman Antitrust Act. However, when the company was forced to break up, this just made our birthday suit wearer five times richer than he was wow. before. At the peak of his wealth, he was worth 2% of America's GDP. And wow. When adjusted for inflation, he was worth roughly eight, uh, $418 billion of today's money. His name is all over America and buildings and structures. Probably the most famous for a plaza in New York where NBC Studios are. Name that birthday suit wear. Hmm. I got Rockefeller, but I got no idea. I, I, I was. I thought. I thought you would get Rockefeller. There it is. You're cl you're close enough. John D. That's the original. I was gonna say like Clyde or Claude or something. <laughs> Claude, you're just thinking basketball. Shout out to Claude. Fly till I die. Claude. Fly till I die, Lathan. John D. Rockefeller. Yes. The richest okay, man okay. in U.S. history. The rich I didn't realize he was born poor. Yeah, he was born. He was not like, you know, I mean, uh, and that's one of the reasons he, you could sort of assume for his sort of obsession like with work collecting with, wealth, yeah, yeah. yeah. was because he was one of those people that he wasn't like for the most part of his he had life. To fight for it. He wasn't extravagant. Like he right. didn't do it, and everything that he just wanted to get more and more and more. And then, mm -hmm. uh, you know, then when they made him break up, like I said, they broke the company up into like twenty-five smaller companies, but right. he owned the same amount of stock. In every single in one of those companies. small companies. <laughs> right. So he owned 25% of each one of those 25 companies, and it gave him somewhere around $418 billion in today's money. Jeez. So Insane. he was insanely rich. Uh, that's during the time of the Gilded Age, as they call it in the history books. The Gilded Age, because you had other rich folks like J.P. Morgan and Car uh, 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 Carnegie and uh, uh, Vanderbilt, um, all those rich guys. But yeah, the like the few families that controlled the whole like Northeast and whatnot. But uh, John D. was by far the richest. He blew the others away. He blew the others away. Uh, crazy. But uh, let's see. What would this be? This would be the uh, hmm, like 180th. 180th. Uh, 80, uh, 80th. Or, uh, 180th. 
they're not they're not anywhere now, sure. close to uh, as rich as they used to be. Not anywhere close oh. to being that rich. They've lost a lot okay. of that money over the years. I mean, obviously they're far richer than I am. So true. Uh, but, yes, but they're not they're not John D. Rich. Not that level. Mm, okay. Not. I mean, okay. think about that. He's. I mean, if you, you did that inflation. He's almost three times wealthier than Jeff Bezos is right now. That true. Mean, true. That he's means like hundred and something billion. Yeah. He could have handed out he if he had that money today. He could have handed out like seventy five dollars to every person in the world. Insane. Wow. Anyways, guys, we are going to take a quick break. We will be right back. John Notto, Dirty Honey, right here. Doc G Show, get ready for it. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904, the best show on the radio. You dig? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a tremendous guitarist and songwriter. He plays for the fantastic band Dirty Honey, Mr. John Notto. John, how are you today? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. The first thing I need to ask <laughs> you is, uh, is how's the how's the stash? Do you still have the stash going? I can report that the stash is alive and well. Nice. Not nice. available for rides, though. <laughs> uh, well, the second question I need to ask is, uh, you recently had a birthday, and uh, I saw that you celebrated it in uh, Sequoia National Forest. How was that? It was just what the doctor ordered, as they say. Nice. You know, uh, man, this, this, this uh, corona quarantine craziness is just... Yeah, I just need to get out. It was great. I got absolutely, you, man. Absolutely wonderful. Gotcha. Th those trees, I got to say, are some of the coolest things on the planet to me. I mean, being there since, like, essentially since Socrates was alive, it's insane to look up at these things that are 300 feet tall. It is absolutely one of the coolest national parks there are, for sure. Yes! That'd be fun. Oh, I can't, yeah, I can't wait to go back. We'll go back and... We saw the General Sherman tree for the first time. It just, yeah. Nice. Even, honestly, even a lot of the trees that aren't, I mean, that's an incredible tree. It's, yeah. And it's just dwarfs the other ones. But the other ones are really, really big. I mean, yeah. you pass a lot of incredible trees in that part. So For sure. It's, 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 it's an awesome place. You you grew up in the, the East Coast, so you're like myself. You, you aren't really used to growing up around trees that are ginormous like that. So when you see a tree that's over 200 feet tall, it's like, holy crap, how high does that thing go, man? Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. You've uh, you've been living in L.A. for some time, and I feel like Dirty Honey, since it started, is pretty synonymous with, with L.A. rock. Uh, but, but you grew up, like I said, you grew up in Maine, solid 3,000 miles away. Were you that middle schooler slash high schooler that was always just dreaming of I've got to get out to LA? Um, it wasn't so much that. No, I, um, I didn't even, LA wasn't even really on my radar mm -hmm. in that, in, in the sense for myself. I just really didn't, I was just really open. 
mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. um, through a couple a couple steps and uh, meeting a few people, it just it all of a sudden became the logical move, you know, and it just and when I got here, kind of that childhood rock and roll flavor got reignited just by being around LA for um, sure. You know, I mean, I mean, it's not, that, it's not to say that it's the same as any documentaries I've watched about the eighties, <laughs> not, but it is, um, there's still a very, uh, rock and roll edge to things. Um, and there's, there's still people, you know, and you know, we're, we're also kind of the outliers. We just kind of met each other. And actually, like '70s rock, not '80s rock. Even though people give us that kind of '80s comparison a lot, yeah. Um, and we were just kind of the random guys who just met each other, you know, and kind of by fluke. I mean, I I met Mark through a guy that I met at an R and B jam. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's when you look back at it, it's kind of just just fateful, I guess. For you know? sure. For sure. For sure. Well, I want to get to the uh, to the creation of Dirty Honey in in just a little bit, but I wanted to uh, talk about sort of you getting there. First of all, uh, you've been playing guitar for for a long time, which it sort of surprised me because because no one else in your family played an instrument, really. And you just sort of got one through uh, a family friend there and, and been playing since you were eight. But I do. I also noticed there. You also used to play basketball when you were a kid. What? Uh, did a little basketball in yeah, high school. Yeah. So, so I got. I got to ask the question: Do you still keep up with basketball? And if so, are you excited about the NBA coming back in less than a month? Um. You know, it's funny. I've recently, and I mean during this quarantine, reinvigorated my love to play basketball. Nice. I always stayed away from. I always stayed away from ball because I sprained my ankles a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I stayed away from it, especially, you know, once I got out here and stuff, you know, I want to hurt myself and not be able to play gigs, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty excited now. I even got a hoop nice. uh, for the front yard for my, for my birthday. So I was like in the street, you know, nice. Um, I get some shots in every day. Yeah. Pretty fun, man. I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Like, really, like it's been ten years since I played, <laughs> you know, and uh, and it's right there. I mean, I still got to work at it to get the consistency back, but it's just like it's I like still riding feel a like bike. The same desire to yeah. I play some games with some people, and I'm just like, let's play again. Let's play again. Let's run it back. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not having to work hard to get the passion back at all. So nice. I'm excited for the lead to come back. When the when the coronavirus hit, my manager was going to take me right before that week. Literally the week it all went down, I was supposed to go see the Lakers play the Bucks. Oh, man. And, and which would have been sick, right? We would have seen Giannis yeah. play. Because I was just, you know, my manager has had the link to ticks, and uh, he's actually more of a hockey guy, but I, I just started bugging. I was like, dude, you got to take me. I got to <laughs> see LeBron play. If, he, if I live in the city where the best basketball player in the world lives and plays, I have to see him once. And if you, if you can make it happen, you may have, and he had like, Seventh row back court side. Man. You know, and I was, and we were all set to go. And then literally that, it was the same week. There was like, you know, we just called up the NBA. I was like, oh. Man, that, that, that. So maybe. That's worse, man. You got. You you got the two, you got the two best teams too in in I mean really in my opinion I mean the Clippers and the Lakers right now if you could see both of them 
you know, play each other. That would be actually, I mean, Giannis is great, but I, I would like to see the Clippers play too with Paul George and, uh, and Kawhi, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a, yeah, it, it's, no, it's true. I know. Yeah. It's going to be a cool season or at least, uh, interesting into this season. I'm, I'm interested to see how it ends up. Um, I got derailed on basketball, but uh, back to music. After after high school, uh, you went to college at Southern Maine for music, and I'm always interested in any sort of you know commercial player, somebody that goes out into a band and is actually you know making their living in a band. I always want to know how much did their uh, their college helped them. How much do you think going to college for music helped you in your career as a musician? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, well, it's, I, because I went to, as you mentioned, a smaller state school, I, I didn't get the benefit of going to college and networking, really. Because mm-hmm. a lot of guys will go to Berkeley. I got, a lot of guys will go to Berkeley and get that networking yeah. edge and if they're really good if they show up already like a pretty promising player yeah um they might even just quit school and because they got a bigger gig mm-hmm. you know so berkeley can be a, almost like a big one big networking social mm-hmm. um so i didn't have that aspect so that to, that to me would be one of the most beneficial things of going to college i think what i think <laughs> this is gonna sound super dark i kind of almost in no way in terms of dirty honey <laughs> um, because dirty, <laughs> dirty honey is like tapping into the inspiration and the instincts that you first had, that I first had with music. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up learning how to play Stairway to Heaven, learning how to play all the records in my mom's collection, learning how to play uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, um, I think the music school kind of threw for me again in relation to dirty honey it was almost like sort of a detour for a while what i picked up in that period was i think the the longest lasting beneficial thing is like the ear training Mm -hmm. the theory and connecting the two for sure for sure so just just some fundamental musician skills of being able to like there's a song on the radio i hear it i know i can tell what the chord progression is yeah you know i don't have perfect pitch so i don't know what key it's in Mm. but so those kind of things. But I mean, other than that, I didn't get a lot of business uh, or if any, because my school didn't really offer it. And, uh, you know, other than just working on music and getting good at it, yeah, no matter what it is, learning learning to be musical in any situation does make you a better musician. Yeah. So I was learning to play classical pieces with some feel. I was learning to improvise over jazz changes and have it be musical and not sound like numbers or... yeah sounds stinky you yeah. know but once dirty honey got going it's like it's just like back to ground zero so to speak <laughs> and um also right it was like well i gotta write something iconic now and no one taught me how to do that so, <laughs> that wasn't a class I mean? at like, college come on that was yeah that wasn't a class and i think honestly um you have to, especially with a, a traditional jazz and classical school which is what i went to um there's a lot of ideas of legitimacy mm-hmm. that get passed around um, from certain professors, and not all, not all of them. And then, in layman's terms, snobbery about what you know. For sure, for sure. I, and I'm not sure if in I'm not sure if in college, if I, if I 
if I wrote when I'm gone, anyone would be super impressed, you know, <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't complicated enough, you know. Oh no! But the music that we write and play and the, the performing of it just channels to me uh, a higher level of me. Yeah, I'm expressing something different than hey, I, I know stuff on guitar. <laughs> you know, I got or, it. I got hey, it. Hey, I hey, I know what a thirteen flat nine chord is like. <laughs> It has nothing to do with that, and it's a really like welcome relief for sure. Um, Just sort now, of it, go if back I had to that stuck original. With being a sideman, yeah. If I had stuck with being a sideman, if this never happened, then I would say it would benefit me because I was quicker at picking up tunes. I was, you know, mm-hmm. a little more versed in many styles and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But once once Dirty Honey started, I felt like it was like okay, it was like being born a second time and being like. <laughs> hurled into like a, a new beginning that you've always waited been wait, that you actually always wanted yeah for sure you know for sure it, it's the kind of challenges that just make i think really make you live life you know yeah <laughs> that's just how i feel about it you know having swum on both sides i know some some bands get lucky and they get famous when they're 17 so they don't know what it's like to <laughs> you know head out in your early 20s and just be getting gigs and being like oh yeah i can kind of play country because you got to do it oh i can kind of play funk or i love funk but you know you kind of have to do wear yeah. a bunch of different hats just to keep the lights on and then well to have this opportunity come along and it's like oh just be you like the core the core of you i was about to say you, you you pull some of those little small things in there they may not be that noticeable but those little things you pick up on the way the funk the country the little things maybe a little something teeny seeps in to to dirty honey because i mean the jimmy page did the same thing Definitely. as a studio session player i mean you know he got all these little totally. ideas and just accumulated them over years and then it exploded in led zeppelin and you're just like whoa absolutely and the other guys in the band too have the same background we're not actually just strict rockers yeah. and so in terms of like that's all we have you know yeah and i think it's giving us it's giving us a difference and it's giving us a we can play this stuff with a certain swagger and I think that you you can hear some of that groove stuff that I don't think it would be there if we were just straight like eighties rocker, punk rocker, metal guys. Yeah, you know that'd be a different flavor. Definitely, definitely. Well, you uh, playing guitar, you seem to be when you were reborn in this dirty honey form, you seem to be an exclusive Gibson man, which uh, my brother would be a uh, very proud supporter of uh i've said it before on this show last year i bought him a uh martin guitar for christmas and he was not happy what is this this is not a gibson you did not buy me a gibson right now i know you've got a les paul uh 58 reissue but if you could own any gibson out there any gibson what would it be Ooh, any gibson um well, I would. It was any of them would be just vintage versions. So I'd love to have a real fifty-eight, yeah, or a fifty-nine. Um, I think I used to think I would want a sixty because of the thinner neck. But the, once you get into the fat neck, you're sort of there's no going back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I would take a real sixty, but yeah, if I'm if I'm throwing down a couple hundred grand for it, I'd probably search for a fifty-eight or fifty-nine. Yeah. Uh, I'd love an old. Like, I have a J45 that the fellows at Gibson uh, lent me, and 
a vintage version of that would be incredible. Yeah. Now, did you get? Did you get? Uh, yeah. I know. I know. Slash. I know he has a he has a fifty eight or fifty nine. Did you Did you see that pulled out when you guys were on tour with him? No, no. It's funny. Um, his a lot of his, his guitars that he has, especially on the Slash stuff. I didn't really get to be side stage when he was Guns and Roses, but um, uh, on the Slash run, I dude, I got like the private rig rundown from nice. the, from his guitar tech, who's such a cool guy and um. Cool. That he's done like so many big gigs. He was like, "Yeah, I just did. He did Van Halen. I mean, it just his list is huge, and rightfully so. That's the type yeah. of guy Slash should have." Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he he was showing me all the guitars, and they all. I was like, "Oh, is this the you know is this the double neck SG that he played on uh, in the early '90s?" And he'd be like, "Well, no, this one's actually the prototype for the reissue." You know, he's basically <laughs> on the Slash gig playing all the prototypes, but they're all so. F- good yeah yeah they, they i <laughs> they mean convincingly they, look like the real thing i was about to say they they model it so well so i mean you know and yeah and especially for him i mean there's no detail unturned on or you know not missed and it was just like they really got it down nice like, they, they had his like appetite one that's like with those zebra pickups yeah and i was like oh that's got to be the real one i mean the aging on it was just primo yeah and he's like nope that's actually uh, <laughs> prototype. <laughs> nah. It's all prototypes. Like, dude, wow. But I think because he keeps the real ones in the GNR rig. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he goes. Place, he but. goes. I was about to say he goes through so many. Anyways, he's got a. He's got. He's got to have some kind of some kind of organization to it. Uh, so so let's let's talk dirty honey history. Like you were saying, you and Mark, uh, you you met sort of at this R and B jam. And obviously, a, a rock band needs that good frontman guitarist combo. Mark seems to ooze frontman. Yes. When you met him, did you know, like, yeah, this guy's got frontman gene? I can see it. Well, yeah. I mean, so I actually, uh, I actually met his drummer at the R&B jam mm. and he was like oh you gotta come down you gotta come down and play this I'm also playing in this rock outfit which he must have just sent something about me because I had never played rock with this drummer yeah so he must have just got a I guess my <laughs> rockerness is uh, hard to hide <laughs> he, he smelled the rock on you <laughs> mm. yeah he's like I know you're trying to be cool right now at the R&B jam but I see through it so uh, and he invited me down so anyway I go down to this like gig it's like at a regular bar, which I would, you know, in the coming years, play many times with Mark. Yeah. And um, I kind of rolled in at like set break or whatever. And the band was totally hodgepodge. He had his regular guitar player there who was just totally hammered. <laughs> um, and was like, and was like in like dirty skater kid jeans. I was like, he doesn't really have like the right guys. You know? Yeah. And um, I just remember thinking it was perfect lead singer moment because Mark just, walked off the stage and I was about to say hi and he just walked right past me <laughs> like smiling like and I was like this guy is totally cocky like he had this look on his face like he's like I'm the sh-. yeah and mind you it was just the, like the worst gig you know what I mean yeah but that didn't that didn't face him and he went straight to this girl and started talking to some girl <laughs> and so I was kind of like the dub you know I had my guitar with me too like because my friend told me I like, come sit in yeah but then when I sat in and I pulled my up my last ball and I had my leather jacket on and I think Mark was like yeah and I remember the next day he hit me up on Facebook and was like 
dude, you rock. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you too. <laughs> we didn't even really talk the first m- much that night. Like, you know, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. So he, he definitely oozes lead singer all the time. You know, he's nice. And I think it's a good, yeah. And, and we've tried to get him to sing backgrounds and stuff before. Like, it's funny. He's a, he's like, I'm a lead singer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> My <laughs> voice won't allow I, it. I can't do that. <laughs> Well, really funny, man. So, so uh, I found I found it interesting too because you know you you and Mark sort of dabbled around there, and you brought in Justin, and you guys were going yep. looking for this drummer, and you never really found it. But like then that was the thing is this integral cog came in with Corey, and it just it yep. seemed like it set it off for you guys. Like why was Corey that solidifier? Why, why, I mean, because I, I don't think a lot of people think like, oh, you need a specific drummer. Most people, I think, feel like just like, eh, throw somebody back there. It'll be fine. Made yeah, it that and way. I, definitely. If people think that a lot. I think it was just very simple. It was just, it was, it was very hard for us to find somebody who was really good, mm-hmm. but also wanted to be in a band. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was very, diff- that was very difficult. For sure. Sure. Um, and also, we didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot to offer, you know, <laughs> other than our talent. Uh, we, we were like, "Yeah, we play this crappy bar from Fridays." At, uh, you know. <laughs> so, drag a lot like, of people uh, in with that one. Hey, we play this random bar. You interested? There we go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we sold it, you know, we didn't say it that way, of course. But <laughs> um, he just was—he was great. Um, you know, and that's obvious. And um, and he was just like, "Yeah, I mean, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll be in your band." Nice. <laughs> it's just kind of those like we needed a guy who had our kind of sideman chops, but was like maybe not was just living in a place in in their lives that weren't as we had all sort of lost the romance of that sideman life, uh, excluding Mark. He was never sideman, but sideman chops, you know, but lost. dedicated to a band mentality. Right, and we had we 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 were having trouble getting that fourth person so that we really could dedicate it. And I think once we had the fourth person, which just happened to be the drums, you know, yeah. um, then it was like, then we were like, okay, maybe we can actually make some moves. Yeah. So then Mark started doing what he does well, which is like kind of strategizing. And he was like, we should record something. And then it turned out Corey knew somebody at a really big studio. So we were able to get in there on the off time. And that's actually where we recorded fire away. Nice. Which is still up on Spotify. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, you know, and that, and at that time period, the music had taken a little bit of a detour turn because, again, we, you know, frustrated with lack of success and we started, like, thinking maybe we, we need to alter the sound a little. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And, um, but we still had When I'm Gone in our pocket. We still had Down the Road in our pocket. And we still had this whole corral of, like, you know, the more uh, vintage-inspired sound, which is more natural to us. Yeah, and I think that's why that's what succeeded. So, so we made that recording. We started shopping on everything we had around, and uh, we had you know a few managers that were interested, but they all unanimously said, "When I'm gone is a smash," and that's what you guys sound like. The other stuff, you sound a little out of your element. Mm. Mm. That sounds like you guys. Would, you know, the rest is kind of would, do you, common knowledge now. But do you sort of attribute that? Uh, to sort of how fast uh, Dirty Honey sort of shot up in in sort of the knowledge of rock fans 
because you know, I mean, you guys really, when you look at it, as far as being a complete band, it's been around three years as far as really, you know, uh, all in effort. And you look at contemporaries like, you know, Goodbye June and, and Greta Van Fleet and, and Rival Sons and those guys, and they've been building up this sort of since 2011, 2012. Uh, do you think you guys sort of hit that gas pedal so fast because you found that right sound for you? When you did, when you demoed that song, when I'm gone, and people are just like, "That's you, that's it." Was it? Was that what sort of gave you that uh, gas that that other people didn't have? That acceleration? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think so, and I think that it's just a. It, what's the word I'm looking for? A testament to, you know, it's like uh, love or whatever they say. When you know, you'll know when it's right. You know? Yeah, you know when you know, and I think that happened with that song not even necessarily immediately like not like as soon as we finished recording it just like over the next coming weeks and all the interest that it generated and i really started thinking about it and i was like well that's you know that's how i play guitar anyway so yeah so it's kind of like wow the answer's been right under our nose it, it's an it's an amazing uh, confluence of things that just the timing of it all it just like you just lit the fire the right way and it just started up it was like it was like we were trying to light a fire, and then someone was like, "Oh, I have one of those starter logs. You just throw it on." That <laughs> that was when I'm gone, and then it was just, and we just knew what we wanted, and we knew what to do. So then it was like, "Okay, let's pour gas on it." Yeah. And so, what? you know, uh, our manager booked booked us a couple high profile gigs right away. Yeah. And we were just so hungry to finally get to where we want to get that I, we put on great shows. Yeah. And immediately. People were just like, "Who the f are you guys?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And, um, and now, it, with 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 rock bands, uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess right now, if you think about like the 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 purest sort of rock uh, a, as a sense of you know a genre of music, and there's so many blurred genres now when you look at music. But if you know, you guys are. A, a strong rock outfit do you you know do you see rock getting back to that mass appeal that it had in say you know the 80s like i mean with like say guns and roses when they hit appetite for destruction it was 30 million albums sold and it was the biggest thing out by far do you see rock and roll getting to that level overall of the music landscape again? Oh, man. I have this belief. If you write really great songs and you perform them with real meaning, mm -hmm. I don't think it matters what style you have. Yeah. It yeah. can be something, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so people are surprised that this quote-unquote old genre style is you know, sort of sweeping the, that, that we swept the rock scene the way we did, but we focused really hard on the song, on we're, we're a songs band. That's what we want to do. Yeah. Um, we're not, we're not jammy. We're not, we're not exploring the, we're not overly exploring the bluesy aspect of what made rock great. It's like, it's songs. Yeah. And we mean it. So in terms of your question directly, I think we could do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, this COVID-19 really put a big, <laughs> you know, depressing and sad pause on it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, oh. I mean, you know, you, you guys, I mean, that's the thing that it reminds me of, that, and that's one of the reasons why I ask it, was because it reminds me of the way that Guns N' Roses was when Appetite came out with, because they weren't, they weren't the hair metal of that time. They were stripped back to rock and roll basics, and they made everybody just sit back and go, whoa, this has hit you in the face, rock. And then sort of the same thing happened when the Black Crows came in the 90s. That was yep. sort of the same uh -huh. deal that everybody was grunging and everybody was on, you know, all of those bands and all of a sudden Black Crows came in and said, "Hey, we're just a we're just a rock band. What's up? This is what we do." And I mean, they they blew everybody away with that. So I definitely think it's possible. I just I, just, I, I wanted your yeah. opinion on it, you know. I, I think my ultimate opinion is I think we I think we have the, a very real chance of, of showing people that um, when done when done skillfully but also passionately it's it's still it's it's just you're still gonna feel it yeah you know that kind of music yeah it's not a it's not a shtick it's, it's not a shtick it's not a throwback act it's not it's not an act. It's, it's you know, what you guys do. Um, yeah, we sort of all found our inner Superman. And so I think anytime you see people on stage in that position where they're beaming and they're they're not just skilled performers, it's like, yo, this, these people are doing what they're supposed to be doing on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's some, powerful, that's some powerful stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I, you, you mentioned it before as far as recording that new album. Uh you guys recorded the first EP there with uh, Nick Dadia, and you did it. You did it in Australia, which I've got to be honest. Uh, Byron Bay, those pictures that I saw of that area, it seems like it would have been difficult to focus on music with how good it looked there. Was was it was it hard to focus, or was it you, you just so excited to get this down and recorded that it, it wasn't that that hard, even in a place like that? Oh, it's, you know, it's funny, man. I, your point of view just proves that there's, there's a, everyone, there's, there's a different point of view for all. Cause you're kind of the only person who's looked at it that way, but <laughs> it makes sense. I know what you mean now. <laughs> Cause it, it, yeah, it's obviously a paradise. Um, no, actually it was actually very, very conducive to, uh, going down into our own rabbit hole and focusing on the record. Cause basically we stayed in Airbnb. Um, Nick has a very kind of set schedule. He's like, I'll work 10 to, you know, 10 to 5, 10 to 7. Mm -hmm. I think 10 to 7 is what we would do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we would just get up and we would all have about three or four hours in the morning before 10 because of the time change. Time change. So we were just waking up naturally at like 6 and yeah. falling asleep at 9. Yeah. So we would just, we would get in our walks and then walk to the beach or whatever and just kind of like go get coffee and do that thing in the morning. And by the time we got to the session, we were ready to work. And he, he's kind of out there. Yeah, in the in the jungle ish. Yeah. It's not really a jungle, but there's no distractions. You couldn't walk down the street from there and get a coffee. So it was actually amazing. And like, you know, we were all away from our girlfriends. We we're all away from our. There's nothing. We couldn't have any other responsibilities. Yeah, we just couldn't. Yeah, so it was actually perfect. Nice, nice focus. Well, well, Nick is, uh, he's worked with Brandon O'Brien and he's, uh, I mean, he was a heavy hitter when you look at the, the stuff that I brought up earlier, the grunge stuff. I mean, uh, Pearl Jam and Rage Against the Machine and Stone Temple Pilots. Uh, how did, how did he do working with your sound? Uh, you know, how much did he try to manipulate it and how much did he just let you guys go? 
Um, he, I felt right from the get go. He, he, he heard our sound. He understood it, and he was on the right page right from the from the first second of like how how to make it come off the right way from a technical from a technical standpoint. He was like, "We're not going to double a lot of the guitars. That's modern rock." And I was like, "Exactly." I'm thinking like. <laughs> early van early van halen you know or like, yeah not that we're going to sound like him but just one guitar with a great performance with a great tone is tough mm-hmm. and you don't need anything else you yeah know? um you know try to capture takes you know yeah if, if we're overdubbing we try to get he would be like go the whole song every time you know try to get a take get in the flow yeah so he he wanted us to sound almost like it sounds like we're playing live yeah the art to that is really forcing yourself to not overuse the options that you have with modern recording technology for sure yeah well now you guys uh you you like you said you were actually you were set to go start recording with him again literally the day before you couldn't as far as uh as far as the pandemic hit now you guys have been working sort of with him over zoom how how's the process been doing that? Because I got to feel like I mean, you know, most producers and engineers are trying to move mics around and try different mics and change positions. How has that been through Zoom working out songs with him over Zoom? Well, fortunately, we're not actually in the recording studio yet trying to do that. Yeah, I, that exact scenario kind of sounds terrible to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what we have done is like the pre-pro so we've been he's been on zoom he can we have this program where he can actually hear what's coming through our interface mm-hmm. on his computer mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to listen to it through zoom he's actually hearing the the actual audio yeah um and so sort of songwriting suggestions just like shave this off here what if you put this here what if here try writing a chord progression instead of having that riff you know those types of things really trying to do the initial trimming up but I, to be honest it, it's it's uh sorry zoom but it's not as exciting as oh no no i don't i don't doubt it i don't doubt it in the slightest uh i really would like him you know i'd really like him to be in the room but for sure for sure now so with that all in mind uh, and like you said, uh, the the new music you guys have built up. What what is the plan going forward? Uh, I mean, do you have one? Since this sort of seems like it's all up in the air as far as COVID uh, is concerned, uh, do you guys have sort of a, a moving forward plan for 2020? Yes, I mean, there's actually a couple gigs that aren't canceled. Amazingly, mm-hmm. um, and you know, we'd like to get this get in the studio and do this album this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been actually been a bit tough to lock down a studio. Every everyone's just so up in the air. Everyone's like yes, and then they're like maybe, and then they're like well we'll see. So there's a lot that's hanging in limbo. But the plan, if we have it our way, is to do is to get in there and, and get this get this thing recorded this summer. Nice. Um, now is this a full is this a full to, album? I can't say one way or the other. It's not <laughs> for lack of material. Um, <laughs> it's more. Uh, the strategy of how we would release the material. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. So I don't, I don't know is that it would be all at once. Got it. Got it. Well, I don't know that it wouldn't, but I leave that up to the guys who uh, do that. 
For sure, for sure. Well, okay, I got one more thing for the interview. Now, you know, we've been talking a lot about rock, and I've heard all the time in interviews with you as far as, you know, finding, like you said, your parents' record collection, Zeppelin, Hendrix, Almond Brothers. So I wanted to do... Uh, I thought we'd end the interview by going through some rock best of questions. Now, most of these questions, I know you're like me. You could Love ponder it. them for like five weeks and go back and forth between like 20 different answers. But just go with... Okay, what, I'll try to do knee-jerk. Yeah, go go with what goes uh, off, off the top of the dome. Now, as listeners know, I'm going to probably have to share my opinion on each one of these, and nobody cares, but I'm still going to throw it in there, just just because. So first, <laughs> All right, let's do it. First off, what's the best rock and roll guitar riff? The first one that got my soul was A uh, Whole Lot of Love. Nice. But also Heartbreaker on, on that record. I mean, that those were like the manliest, coolest, most iconic riffs. For sure. Tones. I thought I thought of one pretty weird. I went with a Ted Nugent Stranglehold. That was the one that I was just like that riff. When I hear it, it's such yep. a, a a hard riff, man. That Ted, terrible Ted. Uh, all right, what's yep. the best rock and roll venue in your opinion? What's the best? The best rock and roll venue. Mm hmm. Uh, are we limiting it limiting it to a country? Or world? No, world. Go world. Uh, I just have some sort of romance about Wembley. Nice. Especially like, you know, the Queen 86 Wembley. Yeah. I guess it would be the old Wembley. Yeah. You know, for, for large venues. I mean, you also can't go wrong with Madison Square Garden. I mean, just look, like the, the Led Zeppelin did their movie there. For sure. The Garden. I like it. I like it. All good choices. All right. Who had the best rock and roll swagger? I have to say, you know, I got to get, just because I recently watched it and got re-reminded, I watched, um, oh, this is another one too, Royal Albert Hall, of course. Wow. I got to, I got to, I'm going to throw that into my last answer. Yeah. Because I just recently, pardon me, I just recently watched, I found it on YouTube, Hendrix at Royal Albert Hall. Nice. Just go find that video and find where he plays, find where he plays, um, Foxy lady, dude, <laughs> and you're just like no one's cooler than you. <laughs> no, the, like the tone, the the phallic extension, yeah, like, it's not creepy. Yeah, like, the, the knee high white boots. He just his body is part of the riff. Yeah, and he sings, and he's so cavalier. It's like with he's not up there I'm trying to make sure he plays it perfect and. It's better his imperfections his imperfections are so musical yeah for sure he's just the coolest man i mean but for me personally if you if you want to go back to a kid it was you know seeing uh song man the same jimmy page he was he was the intro to like cool rock and roll swagger yeah i liked how he was like he kind of had a darkness like an introvert aspect to him yeah for sure you know with his he wasn't like smiley and he was he kind of kept the hair of his face and i kind of liked that space on stage he, he gave the um, prototype for the for the lead guitarist i mean you know he gave the this is what you do this <laughs> this is how you do it jimmy, right yeah jimmy yeah i think jimmy hendrix was such almost such he was such a wonder of like another planet that it, he was inimitable yeah. i think jimmy page came along and put it in a format that like 
Joe Perry was like, oh, I can be like that <laughs> with, my, with my own thing. Yeah. And then Slash is like a combo of the two of them. For sure. You know, so. For sure. All right. Well, I, I, I went with mine was Bond Scott for anybody that was wondering. I felt like Bond just had the swagger that just, I mean, more so than anybody else in ACDC, he was ACDC. Like, he's who gave ACDC their just power that that was bond just and for being like five five or however teeny he was he just such such swagger for that little man from down under uh which rock and yeah he's great which rock and roll song do you wish you had written oh that's a good one now obviously it doesn't have to be considered the best song but just the one that you yeah. wish you wrote. You, you know, this this might seem to be a little off kilter, but uh, I wish I wrote Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I just think, I think the guitar solo in that is one of the best. I think the, the vocal, like, it's a song without a chorus, but if you think about it, every lyric is a chorus. Yeah. Like the whole thing is so singable and memorable, and then even the complicated stuff, just the way they wrote it, it doesn't feel extra. Yeah, for sure. You know, it doesn't feel like all those other prog rock bands. It was like, okay, this is kind of nerdy music. <laughs> like, yeah, you're playing complicated changes, but like Bohemian Rhapsody has just got everyone followed them with that entire journey, and it has the most nostalgic, mellow, dramatic ending i think a little bit of a had that was because of freddie mercury swagger i mean i think some uh, most people followed that sort of along the ride of bohemian because he was just such a good conductor he was just everybody wanted to go along with him he was he's so incredible it again it's it's inimitable definitely (laughs) well okay what's the best rock album i have to say i have to say it's um Led Zeppelin 2, mm. and I'm going to split the award with Back in Black. Mm. Nice. I know Back in Black is kind of, I'm not cherry picking just the best one. I've really gone down the rabbit hole with ACDC. Yeah. I think their whole catalog's incredible. And I'm actually a Bond guy yeah. over a Brian guy. Yeah. But Brian got the, Brian got the gold medal. Well, it, it did. The I, way it worked out. I agree with that, you. I agree. With, yeah, he he. It went right. like, but I mean, he was inspired. He was inspired. Brian was inspired by Bond after his death, and and the whole band was, and it just came together. And I mean, Hell's Bells and Back in Black and and Shoot Thrills, like I mean, just everything. It's just it's yeah, it's it, a amazing album. Like honey, honey, what do you do for money? I mean that dude. I've learned the whole album note for note. Yeah. And when you play along to it, it, it you are just boogieing for ninety minutes. For sure. It's the it's the greatest. It's the greatest. It's the groovingest hard rock album, hard blues rock album that exists. Yeah. But Led Zeppelin two, that's just the benchmark for, <laughs> and that's the beginning of that whole every. They don't have any limits. Yeah, yeah. And they've got they've got the heavy riffs. They've got the acoustic songs. They've got the, it's got the drum solo. Yeah. It's got the sort of I don't know what you would call living loving made, but it's sort of like Motowny, but it isn't. Yeah. It's just got it's, it's just got everything, man. And it's it's incredibly well produced, and it's it's 
that's an epitome of rock swagger. It's it's like, it it, just it's funny. I don't know how many uh, guests I've asked what their favorite Zeppelin album is. It's been a lot. But uh, it, it, it's, I always bring it up. It's either two or four for me. I can never decide. And when I wrote this question, I put Zeppelin four beside my, my answer. But two is like you forget all the jams on two. Like that's the thing with me. Like I remember four because it's got Stairway. But two, it's got all these songs that you come back to and you're like, oh man, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about Living, Love, and May. Oh, yeah, man. It's got, like, it's got, yeah, it's called, you forget about how much you love Ramble On. Yeah. You hear it. And you're like, oh, yeah. wait, this is like one of the coolest songs ever written. Just the, the distortion like, to acoustic, just that dynamic, just going back and forth between it so hard when it comes in. And I mean, it's about, I mean, Lord of the Rings. Like, what? Like, you know, it's just, it's Zeppelin's just so, so amazing, man. Yeah, no, I, I get I mean, it. For that, sure. that, yeah, that record proves that you don't have to do it on any pretext. No, no. You know for, what I mean? For sure. It's just like, it's not, it's just, we're gonna, whatever music comes, we're going to get behind it. And they did. Yeah. And definitely. It, it's just amazing. You know. Yeah. So, okay. What's the, I got two more. Uh, second to last, what's the most underrated rock group in your opinion? Just, just whoever comes to mind that you don't think gets enough love. Now, I, <clears throat> on mine, I did. I did critics. I went like critical as far as the the critics were tough on them. They got a lot of love from fans, but I felt like critics were tough on mine. That's who I went with. Were tough on them. Oh God. Uh, well. <laughs> It's funny that the weird thing is that was Led Zeppelin during their time. Yeah, for sure. Until everyone just, sort of t- but well, they also did shoot to immediate success, but they got a lot of critic critical hate. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like Cheap Trick. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what I don't know how critically they were received, but my own experience is that they're a much better band than I thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's much more to them. There, and I mean better, like they were bad, but just you know. They're like almost pop rock sounding. Yeah, I want you to want me. Like hit. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and then and you know, uh, all the the two or three songs that get overplayed on classic rock radio, you're like, you might be like, well, this is a little bubblegummy, but I, when you start delving into the albums, I start realizing like they're really, mm-hmm. that's not all of who they are. For sure. For sure. And also, it kind of. I kind of underestimates how much they actually are. They're actually the big first melodic pop rock band, really. Yeah. Like just playing power chords and singing happy melodies. That the stuff that really like came around in the nineties, like that, like the Foo Fighters that came up with. And you know, it's like you really can point back to Cheap Trick. And so there's a lot of credit to be due there. Definitely. I don't know. I yeah. I don't know how they were received critically though, but. I went. I went Seems with. Sto- like they I, wouldn't get a lot of credit. I went with Stone Temple Pilots because I felt like everybody, all the critics, just dumped on Stone Temple Pilots. Like, I mean, they got all kinds of fans, but like nobody gave them the credit for being so different from all the other grunge bands, which they were very different from actually like musically. And the way that they made songs completely different than Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and all those others. And I just felt like they always got... Because everybody always said they sounded like everybody else. And I was like, well, they don't really. Nope. They sound, they, they, sound, they sound completely different from all those other bands. 
So like mine, mine obviously yeah. the big big group, but still they I didn't I felt like they didn't get the uh, the critical claim they deserved. Well, yeah, I agree with that. All right, last one. What rock and roll band is compared to, uh, or, or what rock and roll band do people compare the most to Dirty Honey? I think, I think the most we get is people, people do, people kind of do like we're a love child of this band, mm-hmm. of, of a, a few bands, and it's usually Black Rose, Guns N' Roses, and Aerosmith. Nice. That's that. They usually say like if the, if the, those bands had a baby. Kind of thing. So that's kind of the. There is a surprise one that none of us ever saw coming, and the other guys are like, "Don't mention it," but I think it's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> people like for, in their forties, generally, not all of them, but um, they'll say that comparison. But we've got a surprise amount of people who say we're, we're, we're like Tesla, mm. which we're just like I, we don't know. We don't know anything about Tesla. <laughs> I, Literally, don't know anything. I mean, I know they exist, but I don't. Signs. We certainly don't know their sound and definitely didn't consciously lift anything from them. All, um, the main thing, it's it's sort of like you said with tr- tr- uh, Cheap Trick. The only thing that most people know about Tesla is Signs because that's all they ever play on classic rock from Tesla. So <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. it's not even their song, right? Yeah, no, it's a cover. Cover live version of it. That's honestly all we knew. So we were just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. reaching deep, man. But, I mean, if you guys sound like Black Crows, Guns N' Roses, and Aerosmith together, that's about as good as you can get in rock. So I would love those comparisons. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's right where we, you know, we're happy to be there. (laughs) And like I say, you know, if somebody's giving us a compliment and we don't like the comparison, but they love it, then I just take it like, well... You love our music, and this is what it makes you think of, so that's great. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, there you go. John, we are up against a break, man, but I want to thank you for taking so much time with us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Listeners, you can follow All Things Dirty Honey at their website, DirtyHoney.com, or you can follow them on Instagram at Dirty Honey right now. Let's talk, let's listen to Rolling Sevens right here on the Doc G Show. Yeah.
the doc g show you just heard dirty honey yes and of course you just heard me talking to john Nato. man that's a covered some things we covered some things dave a lot man. of things you know my brother would have been jazzed if he could have been a part of that uh that gibson conversation right he's a he's a fan of gibson's probably as much as john Nato. He loves his Gibsons, man. So true. I uh, I mean, I do too. I don't have any because they're expensive. That's a fact. But, right. uh, I mean, if I was a uh, famous musician like John Notto, I'd probably have like you six have of them some. myself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, man, had some good answers, too, for the, those rock and roll questions. For I can't, sure. I can't lie. I was telling you during the break, the whole, uh, the whole uh, um, uh, ACDC back in black. Good choice. Yes. Good choice. It's a jam. Hard to hard to say. Well, the, the whole the whole album, man. Back in black. Uh, Hell's bells. Shoot to thrill. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. I mean, just so many, so many jams. Classics. You can go all the way through. It is a blueprint of how to do blues rock boogie right there mm -hmm, jams mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which 
which Dirty Honey is too, man. Thanks for they being do. on the show, guys. Uh, check Appreciate out their EP. It. Hopefully soon they will be coming out with new music. Like he was saying, we are looking forward to that. Dave, are you ready? Last birthday suit. The last one. I got to get one of them fully. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, you you got uh, 25% on the first one because I had to give you the clue that it was breakfast uh, food. You got the right mm -hmm. breakfast food, but you only got half of his name, and I had to give you the clue so I could only give you 25%. The second one, you got the, the full last name on your last own, name. but no first name, so 50%. So right now right. you're at three quarters of a point. Three quarters okay. of a point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this one, I I mean, it's in your time zone uh, uh -huh. as far as uh, a time frame, um, but he doesn't really do a lot of stuff that you're a big fan of. Nope. Okay. But I definitely know you know him. I don't know if okay. you'll be able to think of his name right off. So anyways, born on July 8th, 1998 in Malibu, oh, California. Our birthday suit wears parents are Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith. Hmm. Um. Jaden. Jaden, there it is. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. In, ended with over 500 since you got the, the 0. .75. 1.75 out of three. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, let's see here. Young age, our birthday suit wearer wanted to pursue acting. His first role was in the 2006 movie, The Pursuit of Happiness. He then starred in the movie uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. And then perhaps his most famous role was in 2010 when he starred in the remake of The Karate Kid. That's right. In 2018, he starred in Skate Kitchen. He also released music, and he's worked as a model. There you go. There you go. Jaden Smith, man. Jaden Smith. Whew. Okay. Turn the big 2-2 two, uh, two, two for Jaden Smith. 2-2. Two, two. birthday, Jaden. 2-2. Two, two. Dang. I'm not going to lie. Uh, their whole family, they got some interesting philosophies. Oh. Yeah, in I mean, they're life. in the news right now, you know. I'm reading something that says... He recently confessed he's in a relationship with Tyler, the creator. Oh. Hmm. I found it interesting. Uh, he seems to be sort of in that J.J. Reddick track of loving to throw out weird conspiracies. Word. Uh, <laughs> he, he, had, uh, he had a conspiracy about chemtrails coming out of, uh, of planes, which... Girl, come on. Come on, that's so ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, regardless, I like his dad a lot. Will's okay in my book. I like Will. Yeah, I love Will Smith. And Jada Pickett Smith uh, used to date uh, Tupac. So, you know, if she dates Tupac, she's good enough for me. That's what I'll say. Amen. That's <laughs> what I'll Amen. say. Amen. Uh, anyways, happy birthday to Jaden turning big 2-2. I remember that way Enjoy back it. when, when I turned 2-2. You don't remember that, you liar. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I think... I think if if I'm th I th I think that was the birthday that my uh, I, my mom was nice enough to get me some Jordans for my birthday. Oh, I do recall. Go. I think she birthday. got me the Jordan 14s blue and white 
the North Carolina blue and Ooh, white. Uh, nice. Yeah, as big fan, big fan. The 14s. That would have last... been like 2006 or so. Yeah, 2007. Seven, two thousand seven. Yes. I okay. forgot how old yep. I was there for a second. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens when you're a young dude. So true. Anyways, uh, Dave, it is time for me to tell you about the shows. Like I said, Do I got to hype them, and they're good shows. So next show, I'm very excited. K Bong, the keyboardist and solo artist. He's part of Stick Figure, huge yes, reggae band, millions of fans worldwide uh k-bong he's just a positive guy man he's so happy all the time and it makes other people happy and then he does happy music yeah plus he lives in san diego which i mean come on come on right i've often said if i were to move to a place in california that'd be it you you have said that it'd be the only place that i could really validate leaving florida that i'd be like oh that's cool i can go there mm-hmm. like that's pretty mm-hmm. much it everywhere else yeah yeah it's too cold like why would i validate going to arkansas what? i don't know why i'm sorry arkansas never. i don't know why i chose never. you um, sorry arkansas but never <laughs> plus we haven't had any listeners in arkansas and i don't know how long so come on arkansas step Pick up your game up. uh anyways He's in California. He's in San Diego. He's coming out with a new album fairly soon. He just released a new single. We're going to talk about the single. He's he's collabed with a lot of the people that have been on the show. Hi, Re, G-Love. He's collaborated with both of them. Fantastic. Okay. Can't okay. wait for him to come on the show. It's going to be a good time. After that, we've Looking got A.J. Smith, who just came out with this new single called Billy Joel. Um, fantastic oh. story behind it. It's already been promoted by Billy Joel himself. Say what? I know and, it's good. And a little teaser. A little teaser for this one that I'm very excited about, Dave. You know I'm a fan of the Eagles, right? You the are. band of the Eagles. Huge you fan. Are. He was mentored for some time by Glenn Fry of the Eagles. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And... And he opened for the Eagles in 2012. Yeah. Girl, come on. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pick his brain a little bit about that. Going to have to be like, hey, can you hop in the Wayback Machine and get me an autograph of the whole band? No. Can't do that. (laughs) Don't have a Wayback Machine? Okay. Did you get one for yourself that you can give me? Maybe a couple of copies? Just give me one of the copies? No. Right. Why didn't you get any copies? Why didn't you foresee me asking you for a copy eight years into the future? (laughs) So unthoughtful, AJ Smith. Anyways, I'm excited to have him on the show. Can't wait. We've got some other great bands. We've got a great brand called Crown Land. Crown Land. They're a very hot rock band out of Canada. They are killing it. Think of like, I don't know, you'd put a whole bunch of groups together. Think of like the Black Keys meet Rush meet uh, Deep Purple meets Led Zeppelin. That's basically what they are. That's crazy. They've got some awesome songs. Very excited about having them on the show. And lastly, we've got Town Mountain. 
Town Mountain uh, just uh, they did a huge concert at Red Rocks with Tyler Childers. Sweet. And uh, after that concert, they were inspired to release their uh, most recent single, which we're going to have on the show. Very excited. Can't wait. So many nice. good shows. But we have finished the show for today. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the man that occasionally likes to put on a bikini and shock himself with a taser, but not at the same time, Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? And if you do those at the same time, people, be safe. Mm. We'll see you next week. Mm. Wise words from a wise man. Don't do them at the same time. Be safe. Okay? Okay? And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.